morning, church. I am so excited to get into our series, No God Like Ours. And, and I want to just recap where we've been quickly. So in the first week of this, we talked about God being omnipresent. Uh, God is everywhere. In the second week, we talked about God being sovereign, that God has authority over all things and why that is good for us today. Today, we're going to be talking about God being incomprehensible. Now, really what this means and and what we think about with this is, is, can we know everything about God? I mean, we do like knowing things about people. We've seen this, right? Uh, If you are at all alive, you know about the last dance. And you have seen snippets or watched the whole thing and gotten to know Michael Jordan as the greatest basketball player of all time. And, and what's been so fascinating about that, that show with Michael is that he is a notoriously private person, but yet we got to know him. And all of a sudden, it's like, we like this guy. <laughs> I always kid, too, how much we want to know people in that on Instagram, Instagram gives us this opportunity to look into the lives through picture and through video of people. That's what it's all about. One of the people who is one of my Instagram friends is Justin Bieber. And I follow Justin Bieber, and I feel like I know Justin Bieber. I get to have a picture of his life that he posts on there and and of the things he's going through and what prayer needs he has and what he and his wife are doing and all those things. We we really want to know people, right? But the other thing, too, is we want to know God. I mean, I've heard so often people saying, I want to know more about God. I want to know why God does this, why God designed it this way. What would God think about this? But here's the thing about God being incomprehensible, and this is an attribute that he has. First of all, incomprehensible means that God cannot be fully understood with our limited human faculties. God cannot be fully understood with our limited human faculties. What? So we can't know everything about God? And oftentimes what happens with this when we think about the fact that we can't know everything about God or when people get to a point where they're saying, wait a minute, I don't understand why God would have done it this way. I don't understand why God is like this. Tell me more about this. What about this? What about that? And they say, if I can't understand God, I can't believe in God. But today... I want us to think about the reality that it is a good thing that you cannot know everything about God. That it is a good thing for you and for me to know that there are things about God that we cannot conceive. There are things about God and what he does that our minds cannot comprehend. There are things about God and what he does that we have no ability to even imagine. 
And that that is a really, really good thing. Because if God did everything that we would understand, if God did everything that we could know, if God worked in ways that our minds could wrap themselves around, well, then it would have been incomplete. It would have only been in ways and in things that you and I could even fathom. And we see that when God breaks in, when God breaks into our world and he reveals his plan, he reveals his purpose, reveals what he is doing for you and for me, that it's in ways that we never would have thought of. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 1.18. The message of the cross. Let's just unpack that for a very brief moment. What is the message of the cross? That God himself died. God died. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. They say, if your God is so great, why would he have died? We heard them shouted at the cross, come down, save yourself, they said. You believe in a God who died? It's foolishness. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the very power of God Would any of us design salvation for humanity this way? No, definitely not. But God did. Because God knew that it was the best way. He did something inconceivable, incomprehensible. Think about this. Not only is the salvation method incomprehensible. How God even came into our world is inconceivable. Pardon the pun. From Luke 1, 34 and 38. How will this be, Mary asked, right? The angel came and said, you will have a baby. How will this be? She asked the angel. I'm a virgin. And then he said, you will be overshadowed by the power of the Holy Spirit and within you will be the very, the very Son of God. And here's her response. Do you think Mary understood it? Do you think Mary got it? Do you think Mary said, oh yeah, of course, sure, that's how I would have done it. No way. But she responds with this amazing faith. I'm the Lord's servant. I think behind those words are, I don't get this. Like, doesn't make sense but you're God and I'm not. So may your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel leaves her. 
You see, when we look at how God breaks into his world, when we look at how God, God does things that he reveals for the good and a plan and the salvation of his people, he does it in ways we would never imagine, never comprehend, never understand, and never do ourselves. And that is a good thing. But see, our nature is a nature that constantly says, why? Constantly says, I want to understand. Constantly looks and says, says, let me get to know more about this. Think about this, right? If you're a parent and you've had that two-year-old, what do they always ask? Why? I'll tell you what. When I, my first daughter was two and we were in that why phase, why, Dad? Why, Dad? Why, Dad? Why, Mom? Why? Why? Why is the sky blue? Why are the clouds there? Why are the trees have leaves? I don't know. I thought, man, I can't wait till three and all this stuff stops. Man, it just amplifies at three. And in 13 now, it's like, why even more? Why, why, why? Why do I have to clean my room? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? Whew! And you think, I mean, this is men and women, right? I can't tell you how often I have heard my wife say, I just want you to understand me. I just want you to know what I want. I just want you to, to, to know what I would think and do. Maybe I'm the only one. But I don't think so. We want to know. And, and you know, when we think about it too, we want to know and we want to be known, right? Think about how often we say we, we want to know people. Think about how often we connect with people. And, and we just talk and someone will say this person or that person all of a sudden we go, oh, I know them, Right? Or think about those times when we look at someone and we go, oh yeah, I went to school with them. I, I, I know them, right? Or someone becomes famous or, or something like that and we feel like we know them a little bit better. Actually, when you think about this though, it even goes to a greater level. We want to know God. Adam and Eve wanted to know and be like God. And so they ate from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They wanted to know more like God. Exodus chapter 33. Moses said, I want to see your face. I want to know what you look like, O God. And God said, if you see my face, you will die. But I will turn you and I will pass by you and you can see my backside. We want to know. But think about this for a second. We want to know God so much that the truth of the matter is how can we even think about knowing God 
when we don't even know ourselves. Right? But God knows us. God knows us greater than we could ever even know ourselves. Psalm 139, 1. Oh Lord, you've searched me and know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you discern my thoughts from afar. God knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows you better than your spouse knows you. He knows you better than your parents know you. He knows you better than you know you. And think about this too, that as we think about wanting to know more and wanting to know God, that it's incomprehensible that we could even do that because God is incomprehensible. We don't even know everything ourselves. I'm reminded of the words of Jeremiah the prophet who said this, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? The human heart, the human heart can rationalize anything any atrocity, any wickedness. Our very own hearts can betray us. And if we can't know ourselves, how can we ever even expect to fully know God? So I, I think the question we have to ask ourselves then is, what is the sufficient knowledge? What is the sufficient knowledge that we need to have of God in order to trust Him? Now, this is the part where some will say, well, if I can't know everything about God, I can't trust Him. If I can't know all about Him, if I can't know His plan, if I can't know why, if I can't understand everything that he's done, how can I really believe in that God? I want to say this. We, we trust in things that we don't understand everything about every day of our lives. Did you know that an airplane has over four million parts? Four million parts in an airplane. Now, I'll be honest with you. I have no idea how that airplane flies. I don't understand it in any way. How this airplane that weighs tons upon tons, that is filled with all this luggage, that has all these things, has four million parts that all need to work perfectly at the same time, can take off at 500 miles an hour, jet up into the sky, get up to 30,000 feet, and get me from Nebraska to anywhere not as windy and not plummet to the face of the earth. But every time I get on that plane, I trust that someone smarter than me knows how those four million parts work. And it's probably not even my pilot. It's some aeronautical engineer 
who understands all the physics and all the mechanics that are necessary for the plane to fly. Now, maybe you're sitting here right now and you're going, that's why I don't fly, because I don't understand it. Did you know that a car has over 10,000 parts? Now, think about this. Every time you turn that ignition key or you push that start button, you are starting a combustion of gas and of fire. Now, we don't worry about whether or not our car will blow up. I don't say to my kids, kids, stay here, I'm going to start the car, and after five seconds of it running, it's safe, come on in, right? We trust in a mechanical engineer, in someone else who knows how all those 10,000 parts need to work. Every day we trust in someone smarter than ourselves to do things. But yet oftentimes with God, we want to say we can't trust in him. And, and I think what we really need to wrap our minds around with God's attribute of being incomprehensible is that it's not as much about us knowing God as much as it's about God knowing us. You see, we often desire to know God, but it's actually better to be to know that we are known by God. It is better to know that we are known by God. Because here is what we needed to know that God loves us so much that he lived a perfect life for you and for me. He lived to say that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is open to all people. That he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but rather to save the world through him. That God died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross with you on his heart and mind. He died in your place. And that Jesus rose from the grave. Not filled with wrath, but filled with love to give us eternity. That is what we need to know. And that is how we are known by God as those who stand in the victory of his son, Jesus Christ. That he knows everything about you. He knows all the things that you've done. He knows all the numbers of hairs on your head. He knows all the days of your life. And he knows his unending, relentless pursuit to have eternity with you. And that's where we see that God has a plan for us beyond what we could ever even imagine. Paul writes about this in Romans 11 as he says, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how 
inscrutable his ways. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? And here's the thing. The moment that any one of us humans can understand and fully know God is the moment that God is only as big as our mind. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, I want a God that blows my mind, that, that does things I can't even imagine, that, that has a, a desire and a creative and a, an imagination that is beyond what I would have ever thought of, that has a place for me and a mansion and an eternity that I can't even comprehend, that I would get to and I would go, this, I couldn't even design it. I couldn't even, I couldn't even dream it up because it is so much better than what I could have done. Yes, that is the God we have. The God who is bigger than we are. The God whose love is greater than we are. And the God who sees us for greater than we see ourselves. Because here's what is true about God and his incomprehensible love for you is that his love for you is incomprehensible. You think God loves you and he loves you way more than you could ever imagine. God loves you more than anything else in the world. He loves you more than your spouse. He loves you more than your parents. He loves you more than anyone else. He loves you more than you love yourself. Yes, God's love for you is incomprehensible, and that is such good news because he turned the world upside down to show his love for you. And his devotion for you is incomprehensible. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is loyal to you. He wants you. He follows you. He is relentlessly pursuing you every single day. His provision for you is incomprehensible. He gives you more than you know. The very breath of your lungs, the very gifts of your life, the talents that you have now, the talents that you don't even know you have, God provides for you greater than you could ever know. And his plan for you, it's incomprehensible. I don't have any idea have any idea of what heaven will be like, except that I know that what he says is that the streets are paved with gold. And what does that mean? The gold, our most valuable monetary commodity, is simple concrete in heaven. How amazing must heaven be when gold becomes its simple concrete. Our most valuable commodity in this world is time. And in heaven, time doesn't even exist. We don't even need it. How amazing must that be? It's incomprehensible. And the good news today is that this is our God who everything that he does is with with you in his mind and through everything that he'll give is greater than you can imagine. And so today, we are thankful that God blows our mind, that God cannot be understood by our simpleness but that God 
knows you and loves you and desires to be always with you. We can trust in a God whose incomprehensible love is poured out for us. Glory be to God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.